Hello, I'm Adam Young, editor of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and this is The Lead. In this podcast, I'll go over highlights from the past week in Lubbock and the South Plains and offer a look ahead to interesting stories our newsroom will be working on this week. I'm bringing in a few of the Avalanche Journal's reporters to share a bit about a few of the stories they're working on. So let's get started. And now we're joined by the Avalanche Journal's business reporter, Alana Edgen. You've got a neat feature coming up from an interview you did last week with the owners of a new gelato shop. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes. So this shop is supposedly going to open around December pending the usual business opening procedures. And it's called Delish. I actually found out the story behind their logo, which was this really cute yellow bowl. And it's actually a family heirloom of theirs. The owner got it from her grandmother. And it's just been such a big part of their family always baking with this bowl. And they also decided to do gelato as part of their offerings. They have a pretty decent history with baking. They used to own a couple of bakeries elsewhere. And we're going to see a really great family environment. We're going to see gelato, which is one of my favorite desserts. So pretty excited to see that. I'm pretty excited to tell everybody what they're about. And that's going in Canyon West over near Milwaukee and uh, Marshart Freeway? Yes. Perfect. And then closer to downtown, or actually in downtown, you took a tour of Metro Tower uh, over the weekend. What did you, or I guess over uh, last week, uh, what did you learn from that tour? Well, I learned that there's been an extensive remodel in there, and they actually had a little bit of interesting things they had to do to keep with the historic standing, where they have a ton of the original doors in the basement because they have to keep so many doors, which is interesting to me. They also found some old safes, but not everything in there is old. There's actually a lot of new things in there. There's going to be a little convenience store. There's going to be a podcast recording booth that people can rent out. And my interview contact there told me a lot about why he wanted it to be this way. Really wants to create this spot that's going to become a bit of big city in Lubbock downtown. One of the things he told me growing up was that he never lived below the 30th floor growing up. And with Metro Tower being one of the biggest towers here, it was a perfect fit for him. The interior looks very interesting, very modern, sleek, but you're still getting that classic marble. You're still getting the old flair. They even have the original post office boxes. Neat. Last I know, if you still go up to the corner um, near Broadway Avenue, if you look up, uh, if you look straight up, you get to see the the tilt or the curve on the building. Did you have a chance to do that when you were there? I forgot to check that out, but we did talk about the tornado that hit and some of the things that, some of the things that they've been working with on that. He's actually hoping to do maybe a memorial type of thing later on down the road, pending some other side ventures. So yeah, that's Lubbock's tallest building, for what it's worth. Interesting story there, having survived the uh, 1970 tornado, and now it's uh, moving ahead with uh, this new project you're talking about. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I got to be on the roof, which was absolutely incredible. I would say that's probably one of the best views in Lubbock. And then you have an update on a place that I'm pretty familiar with. uh, The Tega location in southwest Lubbock perhaps already has moved. Yes, they've already opened this other location off of Milwaukee, We're going to get a little bit more of the story on what inspired that move and kind of what's going to be different going there. If my six-year-old ends up getting back into gymnastics at some point, perhaps I'll have to go check out that new location. Probably should. Thanks for the update. Thank you. 
And now we're here with the Avalanche Journal's agriculture and environmental reporter, Brandy Addison. She and I will be joined this week by Vikram Baliga here in studio. We're going to talk a little bit about winter gardening tips and best practices uh, for a Facebook Live and Twitter Spaces event that you've been promoting very heavily on social media, Brandy. What are you expecting from that? So we're planning on talking about basically everything winter gardening. So this will include mulching, pruning, what when to plant spring flowers, especially in you know the dormant seasons, um, when to trim hedges as plants are dormant. Um, good winter plants that you know continue to serve our pollinators throughout the winter because despite contrary belief, they're still actively out here. So we still need color and we still need some pollination occurring throughout the winter. Um, but also just like whether you should water your tree and then how to protect your plants. So everything from, um, you know, he's previously said you can, you know, put Christmas lights in there to keep them warm, but he's got some other tips. So literally all things winter gardening. Yeah, this will be really important for uh, anybody with a garden or a, a lawn. I know we ran into a lot of problems back in the uh, February of 2021, that big winter storm and freeze. I barely had a uh, uh, desert willow survived that I had just planted after that. I was fortunate that it did, but I think there'd be a lot of hopefully tips and takeaways from that, that people will be able to uh, get from from that on uh, 11 a.m. Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know for Vikram, the biggest thing right there is uh, don't do crepe murder. So essentially this is like when, you know, you prune crepe myrtles and they just like totally cut off the entire top half the entire canopy of crepe myrtles, um, and he calls it crepe murder. And essentially, he's going to just kind of tell us how we should prune, what, where, where that link stops, um, the benefits, and also like w- what happens, and you know some of the consequences of pruning incorrectly, um, you know diseases, but also growth stunt, whatever, any of those types of things. Sounds good. And then I know uh, over the weekend, uh, in case you missed it, Brandy had a story looking at the recent fluctuation. It was actually pretty dramatic on Friday in the cotton market. What did you learn from that? Yeah, so uh, December futures was at 74 cents per pound, which is really, really low. Um, This is about a 50 cents drop since the summer. I think we peaked around 120, 130 per pound, somewhere in there. Um, And then for December 2023, they've estimated 70 cents per pound. Um, I've heard that it's because of hedge funds, uh, and a lot of it actually has nothing to do with the cotton market. But one of the experts actually brought up the point that Cotton is not just a part of the U.S. So, yeah, while demand was rather, sorry, while supply is lower here, that doesn't necessarily mean that the global supply um, has that same experience. And we really are only 3% of that total supply, right? So um, it's really a supply and demand with the whole globe rather than what we see as a really big drop in our region, right? Sounds good. So yeah, in case you missed that, be sure to check that out. That'll still be on LubbockOnline.com and um, hopefully in Sunday's Avalanche Journal. So thank you. There's a lot going on around our community and we love your story ideas and tips. Please feel free to reach out to me at ayoung at LubbockOnline.com. Give me a call or hit me up on social media. Here's hoping that week ahead brings great news and developments to Lubbock in our area. The lead is produced with the help of the Avalanche Journal's trends and breaking news reporter Mateo Rusilis and photo editor Annie Rice. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to checking back in with you next week.